If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Purple Daily listeners, Purple Daily business owners, Federated is here to help you. Federated just wants to say thanks to all local businesses in and around the state of Minnesota. You are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And when you need Federated, Federated is here to help. Visit federatedinsurance.com or call your local marketing representative to access trusted resources you may need during this pandemic. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. And welcome into another episode of Purple Daily. It is the Friday edition. Mackie out today, so it is all good. Courtney Cronin of ESPN, and as always, our guy, Declan Goff, producing. And uh, Courtney, I want to start here. Um, we had a bunch of baseball teams elect um, as a, a form of uh, protest, I guess, not to play games the past two days. Um, hockey sh- uh, shut down for Thursday and Friday, and we'll be back on Saturday. And, and of course, this was all from what took place in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And the jumping off point was the NBA and the Milwaukee Bucks in particular decided not to play on Wednesday. And um, then the rest of the teams joined them. And they're not going to resume, I don't think, in the NBA in the bubble in Orlando until Saturday Football teams around uh, the league protested by not practicing, I think starting with the Lions on Tuesday. The yeah. Vikings talked about this. How close do you think that the Vikings came to doing this? Um, they obviously did practice on Thursday. And um, do you think Vikings-wise this is the end of the line that they just talked about it? Or what's, what's your take on where they stand as a team right now? Yeah. So when I went out there to TCO Performance Center on Thursday morning, I go to get my COVID test just about every day. Um, and I wasn't allowed in the facility as a media member like to go like work in the press box, but I, I got to go around because I had to get my COVID test. Um, and I was told that we weren't allowed in there at that time because the team was in a meeting. So from our understanding, it was a really intense, emotional two-hour meeting that they had on Thursday morning. And I had been checking in with sources in the building. And I was like, so what's the deal? And at first it was kind of the vibe of you should be prepared not to be at practice today. Like, I think it was closer to, um, I know Mike Zimmer said that it didn't really come up all that much, but I know from, from certain people that I spoke with that it was definitely on the minds of of players. Um, You know, should they follow suit? Should they try to kind of have some solidarity with other teams in the league? But um what it boiled down to is what Mike Zimmer said. And it was no slight on any other teams. There were nine on Thursday uh, that decided not to practice, but he said that they wanted to affect actual change in that 
you don't want just like the 24 hour shock value of we're not practicing. We're going to, you know, not go to walk through is what they did in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't want it to be a blip on the radar, which I sometimes think, you know, I think it was a very powerful statement what the NBA did in the bubble on Wednesday. Um, and, and certainly even in this area with the twins, not practice or not having their game on Thursday. Um, but in all of that, it's kind of like, well, what good does that do? And I'm not saying that from like, you know, not, it's not meant to be like flippant about it, but it's like the Vikings want to have that conversation of how you move this thing forward. And really, I think when you listen to Eric Kendricks, because he's been so vocal about this, um, one of the most vocal players in the NFL, I'd put him up there with Malcolm Jenkins, uh, those guys um, about social justice and the need for reform and different systems and things like that. You can just tell he's exhausted. Um, Yeah. And I, and I understand just kind of like when you, when you listen to him, because it's like, I want to help, but I don't know how. Um, and I don't know how, like, what's the next step type thing? Cause you know, when, when we're having the conversation with um, Andre Patterson, Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins and, and Eric Kendricks following practice on Thursday, it's like, okay, we had this similar conversation with you guys on June 8th or whatever it was um, about the social justice committee. What's changed since then? And honestly, there's very little tangible that's changed for them. I mean, I asked Eric Kendricks, how are you guys going to spend some of that $5 million? Because some of it's going to be allotted to the the Social Justice Committee from the Wolf family. Um, How are you going to spend that? They still don't have any sort of answers there. So I think that that's kind of the frustrating part for guys where it's like, you know, obviously they're busy with football. Obviously cuts down day is September 5th. They're trying to form a roster here. They needed to practice yesterday from the football side of it. Um, but I think that it's like, you know, these conversations that are being had, I feel like, you know, for a lot of guys in that locker room, it feels like we're, you know, we're always having the same conversation over and over and over again. Like, what can we actually do to create a tangible change? And that's something that Kirk Cousins said that, you know, he's really proud of with Eric Kendricks because that's the type of conversation that Kendricks is bringing to the table. Let's right. not just have lip service here. Yep. Let's not just sit here and, and talk about, our, you know, air out our grievances and talk about things that's happened to us. Talk about the the ways that we've been victimized and our blackness has been weaponized against us. Let's talk about actually making change. And when you have guys like that, you know, a, a core group, especially on this defense that's been together for so long, um, you know, and, and so many of them share si- similar experiences and are part of the social justice committee from Anthony Harris to Anthony Barr, uh, Eric Kendricks, um, you know, I think that that can help move this thing forward, but it was definitely, you know, for, for the Vikings to kind of come out and say, well, we didn't want to be, you know, just part, you know, lumped into the mix there. Um, you know, there are a lot of teams I think that could have done this in a way where it's like, all right, we're going to have the conversation in the morning and then we're going to practice. So it's like missing practice would have been the statement of, you don't believe in social justice for people like us. You don't believe in police reform. We're going to take your entertainment away. That's what the NBA is saying. Yes, exactly. If you don't, if you don't back Amen. us, if, like if you don't back us, then you don't get. Right. You know, if you don't support our causes, if you don't see the value and the validity in our causes, um, because then how we benefit you by dribbling right. a ball or throwing a football or catching a football, that goes away. And I think that that's like strong leverage that these teams have to be able to shake the hell out of people and wake people up um, in ways that they have, we haven't been you know, privy to before. Yeah. And I think the thing is too, when it comes to baseball, basketball, 
hockey mm-hmm. right now, they can actually take their product away. Football's practicing. Yeah. Like if a football team doesn't practice, do people care? I don't think so. Um, which leads me to my next question, which is, so I think I've seen this on Twitter and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I think the stance of sports fans is you're supposed to play games, man. You're supposed to entertain me. I want I want to see my sports. Which is, a very, which is the very it's reason which is the very reason why these guys are doing what they're doing, which I yeah. applaud, which is to say, no, you don't get what you want. And by the way, sports is sports is very special because it's a unique workforce. Like if you decide not to go cover the Vikings today, they can find somebody that can. If I decide yeah. not to do my show, the show, then guess what? Someone else sits here and, and it goes on and it's fine. Um if if uh a football teams like, especially a quarterback, is like uh, peace out, mm-hmm. bye. You don't replace that that guy unless you go down to what the XFL. So here, here's my question: Do you think, as far as football goes, which I think we all can agree is the most popular sport in this country, mm-hmm. what we saw this week from some teams not practicing is tip of the iceberg? Because I will say this: If a week from Thursday night, Courtney Cronin, mm-hmm. uh, Deshaun Watson and the Texans and Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs say we're not playing. Um, that's going to cause, and, and, but, and this is what they want and I don't blame them. That's going to cause, first of all, a ton of attention, absolutely yeah. a ton. But secondly, it's also going to make a lot of people who are very, very rich, very uncomfortable and have to, and have to face off that game alone, the loss of what millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands. So do you think that what we saw is, is tip of the iceberg stuff to what we could see? Because if NFL teams say we're not playing now, mm-hmm. now you've taken, I think, every other sport and you've gone from here, which is OK, that's impactful to, oh, my God, this is a real problem. Well, I think the owners have to be aware of it right now, realizing that. If, if an instance like this happens again, where there is a video camera capturing police brutality or mishandling of force that we it, I don't think anything from the James, Jacob Blake thing is going to stem all the way into, you know, two weeks from now when we have football, I think the teams will have quote unquote moved on, or at least been able to put that behind them. Say, we talked about it. Let's play ball. If this happens at some point again, and it probably will, uh, in the season, I think that teams will absolutely take it into their own hands to be like, no, we are not doing this. You're not listening to us. Um, And it really even shouldn't be on the NFL or the NBA or the WNBA or anybody else like to fight racism at this point. Like we should have, you know, our leaders doing this. Like that's, that's just the funniest thing in the world to me. It's like we rely on our sports teams, which are supposed to be our escape from reality, which are supposed to be, um, not real life, like just sports, right? No, it's not just sports because these people are like the leaders and, and the ones who are like champion, like champions for social co- social uh, causes and, and, and affecting change, which is just like you're doing the job of like, you're doing like six different jobs here, yeah. which is, you know, insane Correct. because that we, t- we task them with so much. But I think to your point, it could absolutely happen where you see teams boycott games. And it's always, I don't know, we just, we look at like NBA coaches as like, yeah, they, they actually get it. Cause you hear Doc Rivers shoot from the heart the other night. Um, and everybody kind of sees like, okay, that's the voice of the NBA right there. You don't always have that same sort of voice in the NFL for a lot of reasons. Disparity in, um, you know, 
different races on staffs. Um, I think that you kind of get into this football grinder, Bill Belichick. We're not going to talk about anything but ball type mentality. Yes. And that's the frustrating part. If we had more people like Anthony Lynn, I mean, granted, yeah, if we had more people like Anthony Lynn, what does that mean? Black people, black coaches, right. people who have experience. <laughs> yeah, that's on, the key. Yes. On a, you know, large scale, then I think it'd be different. Where I think that, it, you know, the NBA, the NBA is kind of considered the woke league for, and it's completely accurate, but the NFL is not because you have people in as head coaches who have never dealt with this before. I mean, Mike Zimmer has talked about stuff. Um, yesterday, I mean, he and Andre Patterson are incredibly close. They've known each other for so long, and they held a joint press conference um, on Zoom yesterday after talking about their differences, but also talking about how they've been able to kind of see each other through those differences and support each other through those differences, which I think if you know people um, and if you've been through those experiences yourself or you haven't, you're able to educate and um, kind of then share this one collective voice and not have it feel like, you know, obviously ball is everything to these people. You have to be clinically insane to be a coach because you don't sleep and this is all you do. Mm -hmm. But like, we're starting to see it's not all that there is in their lives and that there are things that are on the same playing field as, as, as football and winning games to them. Um, so, I mean, kind of in a roundabout way, it's just like, is there going to be a point this year where the coaches who are like, no, we're football men, we're, we're we've prepared for this game, we're playing this game, when they get outruled, what's that right. going to Because it could happen. Exactly. Okay, from real life stuff to this. Reckless speculation. Since there's no good way to transition, we just will. Appreciate that. I want you to, to up to a point that you are comfortable as a responsible journalist covering the Vikings. Because this is a big deal. Like this is this is enough practices now where we can't just be like, ow, get over it. Yep. I want you to recklessly speculate as much as you can on Daniil Hunter's status. And I believe we're now at eleven practices, if I'm not mistaken. It'll be eleven. It'll be if he doesn't practice on Friday, it'll be eleven. Okay. Um for lack of a better question, what the hell do you think's going on here? All right. So look, I asked Mike Zimmer about this because obviously when we were talking And by the way, him, thank you for doing that. Um, I mean, somebody had to do their job. Somebody had to do it. I mean, I hate to take shots at people, but this is a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. And yes, social justice was 1,000% the focus yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think the team handled it really well with giving us players afterwards to talk about it, et cetera, coaches too. Um, But Daniil Hunter not practicing for 10 straight practices, like say what you want. Oh, he doesn't need to practice. It's training camp. Of course he doesn't need to practice. It's Daniil Hunter. But... It raises some eyebrows. If Mike Zimmer is holding true to the it's a little tweak thing, which he did um, when I pressed him on it again, and I said, for 10 days, little tweak. But yeah, these things sometimes take a while. I'm I proud believe. Of you right now. I, I'm, just, I'm just channeling you. I'm just, proud of you I'm, for saying that. That's a great comeback. I'm just trying to be the best Zolgadian. No, I mean, it's completely legit. It's completely a legit question to yeah. finally say you're talking about a tweak after 10 practices. And by the way, you're a football coach. And but back to what, what you said previously, Courtney, and you're exactly right. 10 practices for it's a, a football coach to allow a player to miss is not a tweak. No. And Your tweak card's um, gone. And, and that's the thing. Like some teams handle injuries during training camp differently. I mean, what was it? The Jaguars or I think it was Doug Marone came out. I remember watching it like, 
like a week or two ago, just being like, this happened, this happened, this player's having surgery. Kyle Shanahan does the same thing. Mike Zimmer doesn't handle injury questions. He doesn't. That's something at least he's been consistent about. It's not like he's going out there being like, oh, yeah, this guy tore his ACL and um, is very upfront about it unless he absolutely has to be. Um, which is usually after a player had surgery. I mean, even with Ben Gideon on the pup list, which to my understanding is because he need, you know, he's had this concussion. He missed 10 games because of it last year. He is not in good shape um, with that stuff. Like Zimmer was even very like, kind of like gun shy about talking about anything there. So, um, you know, what I think this Daniel Hunter thing is um, if it's an injury, it's much more serious than a tweak. It could be a slight tear. You would think um, I've heard, you know, I've heard a number of different theories on what it could be. Don't need to get into any of that because if it's one body part and then it's not another, I'm going to get crushed. But like, sure. regardless, um, it's the preseason. And the way that co- coaches look at this is like Green Bay doesn't need to know what Daniel Hunter's problem is on August 28th. Houston, the Houston Texans, who they play in week four, don't need to know what his problem is on August 28th. When that first injury report comes out, which I believe they said is going to be September 8th, if I have the date right. Um, then well, if he's on that, then, then that's a serious problem because that, that will have meant he did something in that Friday practice, which was the first official practice that they had. Um, and, and that was now, you know, maybe 10, 11, 14 days ago, pretty much. It was two weeks ago today. So mm-hmm. um, that's a serious problem if that really happened. Uh, but, you know, I've had a lot of questions about this, Judd. Is it is it really an injury? Is it the contract status? And I think that you, you know, I've bought into my own uh, paranoia about the contract thing. Be like, hmm, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yes. He did sign a really, really bad deal three years ago because he was 23 years old. Uh, and even though his agent, is, his agent is an experienced agent, um, still for Daniil to sign that very team-friendly contract, well done Rob Brzezinski because that is just elite level He's of one getting of the best. From the deal. Brzezinski's 70, one of the best. Five, five years, 72 million, 40 guaranteed. Um, he outplayed that contract about two years ago. So if it's a contract thing, I wonder if they're able to get it done before the season because when I checked in on this, kind of like checking the boxes, what do you guys have to do this year? Dalvin Cook, Daniel Hunter is eventually going to get restructured. It's always kind of been a, yeah, we'll handle it down the line. Maybe it gets done you know, in 2021. But if he is not practicing going into week one, and if it's not on the injury report, then, yep. then that's a contract thing through and through. And I would get it because hell you got, he's outplayed that. Are, he needs to be paid. Are you surprised if that's the case and your explanation makes perfect sense? Are you surprised that hasn't leaked out yet to, you know, a Schefter or, cause ordinarily that type of stuff gets out. Yeah. Not here, but that stuff gets out nationally uh, because an agent will then tell, you know, a shafter. If if that's the case, are you surprised that that has not gotten out yet? If indeed the camp is after a contract, which which makes perfect sense. sense. Um, I love this theory. I think they've been able to just if it it truly is not an injury, they've at least been able to disguise it enough. But what if it's a but Courtney, what if it is a tweak and a contract like I could I could see I could see him having undergone and this is just a complete guess. okay? but if after the season he underwent some type of tune up, let's say a meniscus, you know, something, something that a cleaned out shoulder or something. And then basically said, I'm not going to practice in these practices without a new contract first. And so he does have a tweak. So Mike's not lying, but he also has a gripe, which is, to your term, put perfectly, 
just an atrocious contract signed by a star yeah. player. Absolutely. Um, I could very easily see both things happening because you want to protect yourself if you're Daniil Hunter. You only have 40 guaranteed of that 72. Um, you'd want a new deal before you do anything, which, you know, the only thing that's interesting is I go back to that first practice. He was dominating guys uh, that Friday practice. So it makes me think something happened then. Okay. Um, so it's because otherwise, wouldn't you think that like maybe the contract would have already gotten sorted out or maybe they think they were going to do it during training camp, what have you. Um, nonetheless, I mean, this, this is, they're going to have to restructure it anyways. And now it's like, okay, well, it feels like they're still kind of sitting on the Dalvin thing here that the offer is on the table for him. If he wants the extension, it's just not changing. It's just like, it, 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 take it or leave it, bro. That's what it is. Yes. Um, so they've moved on from what I was told. They've moved on to other priorities while they're just kind of letting that one be tabled for now. But what those priorities become, I think it's, you know, they didn't sign anybody during training camp. They didn't bring in another defensive lineman. They didn't bring in a veteran corner. They didn't bring in, um, they didn't have to bring in anybody else because honestly, they were knock on wood. If you're the Vikings, um, they were really healthy during camp. And that typically, I mean, just doesn't, you, you don't get away with stuff like that, especially think back to their offensive line two years ago when Pat Elfline like didn't practice all mm-hmm. of training camp and Nick Easton got hurt. Um, because he was playing, he was playing center and broke his neck. So, I mean, they got, they have not been bit by the injury bug and they're very fortunate. Um, but all that said, you know, the money that you allocate towards Daniil Hunter, uh, I wonder what's going on behind the scenes right now, because that to me seems like that has to now rise to the top of your priority list, no matter if he's injured or not. Reckless speculation. I love this path so much. I've got, one more question, because like okay. this is like a puzzle. We are the detectives, okay? This is a puzzle. We are putting this. This is a homicide case, too. No little petty crime stuff, okay? What <laughs> What if, what if, okay, so we, we've been, and, you know, I get why, super hyper-focused on Dalvin Cook's contract. And, like, is it mm-hmm. going to get done? Is, is the fact that uh, Pierce opted out going to help Dalvin Cook's case as far as the money goes? Because now there's more... Up- of it to potentially front load a contract for 2020. Courtney, what if this is way more involved and this is actually to what you, I think were alluding to, which is more of a hunter than cook. And so really there, they are, instead of going out and signing a veteran guy or instead Mm -hmm. of, instead of probably giving cook the contract that I think we expected him him to get after his uh, conference call a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. What if this is really a case of, Hey, Daniil Hunter has to be taken care of here. Uh, we're going to find a way with the available cash that we have to do that. And then to mm-hmm. your point, Dalvin, sorry, but you're not as important. You're certainly not as good as Daniil is. Um, we'd like to take yeah. care. We'd like to take care of you, but really our sights are set on taking care of Daniil Hunter. And then if we can take care of you, that's fine. Yeah. That makes I'm sense. Sure it, it, yeah, no, it makes sense because I mean, I'm not saying their priorities have changed, but they also realize that in how cognizant they were with Dalvin Cook, they got a really good look um, at Alexander Madison during training camp. I mean, you can you can blame the agent, you can do all that other stuff for like not taking care of him um, and realizing that it was you know risky as hell to put him out there during training camp. But at least the coaching staff, I think. Um, played played it smart they weren't going to get him hurt out there um and that's why he was his snaps were i mean he's he's an injury prone guy anyways so it's like you gotta limit his snaps 
um, during training camp, we got a really good look at Alexander Madison. So maybe they're thinking, okay, um, you know, if he's not going to sign that contract, the extension that's on the table right now, if it's not done at 11.59 p.m. on the night before the game or what have you, mm-hmm. um, first off, it's got to change. That offer, I mean, you'd be stupid if you don't change that offer. The second he takes one snap, depreciate the value, depreciates his value in 2020. So you'd like to think that that offer would probably go down. I'm just trying to think of this from like a logical human sure. being business standpoint. Um, but you know, Daniel has always been a priority, though. He's just so young, where it's kind of like the guy's not even like anywhere close to entering his prime. That's the scary part, I think, because he's 25. Like, he's going to have a few more seasons before he even gets to his prime like he had in 2019. So yes. I feel like the Vikings think they can buy some time, but they really don't have a lot more time. I, you know, I think both of them are certainly still a priority. Um, just like that order changing I think they've just moved on to other things. I think Dalvin's still like within where they want him to be as far as um, we want you on this team, take the offer or don't take the offer or we'll franchise if we love you so and much. And we've got another guy that can replace you. That's, that's the thing is Daniil yeah. is a priority player. Like if Daniil goes out, sits out, mm-hmm. who plays there? Yeah, I mean, I they've mean, got a, a body got does. Yeah, a body does probably. You know, a body probably stays over at right defensive end. But with, I mean, you have Eddie Yarbrough, you have um, Jalen Holmes. Obviously, has been taking all of the one reps. Right. Um, but that's O'Neal. my. But that's no, my but point. Like, yeah, yeah, Cook not, has a replacement. Yeah, Daniel doesn't. You're right. You're right. You're right. The, They're screwed if COVID hits. If, if if this all blows over, but if for some reason COVID hits a defensive line and Daniel Hunter gets it or like you know it's on the list or whatever then they're they're in a bad spot is the offensive line set in your opinion Mm -hmm. okay I think that you know the competition between Dakota Dozier and Avion Collins seems to kind of be like flushing itself out naturally I mean on Thursday Dozier took most of the one reps I mean they mixed Collins in um, he got some one reps, but like I was, I don't count every single rep, but I'm watching and I'm like, okay, it's period one, period two. Here's, you know, who, here's who's starting it out. Like it looked at least to me like Dozier was getting more of the workload. And I think that you can kind of infer that too, just because he started more games and Josh Klein was hurt last year. He filled in pretty admirably over at the right guard spot and he's looked good at left guard. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them will obviously make the roster and it's good to have that sort of depth. But what does that say then about Ezra Cleveland? Um, is my next question because I was in that practice. I was the pool reporter on Sunday when they had like all the false positives. The COVID practice. They, COVID practice. And they moved everybody inside. You charted the um, music. It was great. It was a great pool Thank report. I, I Songs I've never heard of in my life. And you probably never will. <laughs> um, I just was trying to be as detailed and thorough as I could be. But I thought the interesting thing was that was the first day because Cleveland was one of those false positives. Uh, so we assume BC is one of the eight that were not there, not named Neil Hunter that weren't practicing um, that you could, that it just, sorry, that's the day that like the Vikings were like, all right, Collins goes with the ones when uh, Dozier's with the twos, Dozier's goes with the ones when Collins with the twos. And they've kept that same sort of thing, probably realizing that Cleveland wasn't going to be ready to compete for that job anyways. Um, but now they're like, all right, well, we like this for now. We still need to get a little bit more of a look before we're truly are set. And, and maybe they are set after this week, but, um, I don't think Ezra Cleveland right now is ready to, t- to compete for that job. I mean, he's not like, sure. but who, who's to say that maybe it doesn't happen like week 
eight of the season. I mean, we saw Brian O'Neill, that uh, Arizona game, which I want to say was week six of 2018. Uh, he supplanted Rashad Hill at right tackle. And that was the game that like as a starter, because um, he got in on that Green Bay game in week two, I want to say the one where they tied. Um, but he, he, I mean, yeah, that was like, it took him six weeks of the season before he was ready to go. And maybe that's something we see with Ezra Cleveland this year. If Pat Alfine really, really struggles at right guard or, you know, Collins or Dozier, which yeah, it looks good right now because the defensive line's weaker this year. You're not going against Linville Joseph. Um, or at least, you know, just, you don't have the same sort of, you don't have Everson Griffin coming off the edge. You don't have Linville Joseph. I mean, it's no slight on who's in there now, but the defensive line looks weaker and the offensive line play looks better. Absolutely. But let's, let's see what that actually looks like when you're going against, you know, other teams. So it looks good right now, but is this going to be Tom, Tom Compton part two? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, do you think that we might get to a point too, where if, if this team is, let's say they're okay, decent, good, but not great. Do you think we get to a point in the season where if the offensive line is not playing well, it makes sense to do something else. And I, I'm saying like eight or nine weeks into the season, Courtney, with Reef and just start Cleveland at left tackle because, I mean, yeah. that that's his place. That's his spot. Mm-hmm. And I would fully expect that if things go according to plan, opening day of 2021, uh, Cleveland's going to be the left tackle. Because they seem to be um, trying to shoehorn him in there at guard. And I get why. Uh, but I would also think that if you don't think he's a great guard, there's no real reason to have him almost purposely fail there when ultimately he's your left tackle. Yeah, it's like you don't want to – I mean, yeah, things happen faster on the inside. That's the, that's what they always say, and that it'll be – you know, it's good cross-training essentially to, like, learn another position. And, and you're on the same side of the line. Like, it's not like he was playing right guard, which we thought he was at first because Gary didn't clarify. and Gary – Gary didn't clarify. Gary wasn't truthful with you guys. All he had to say was he's left. Come on. You and Collar trust Gary implicitly. He's like a father to you guys. And what does he do? Mislead you. Oh, it was very sad. Um, But he like, you know, I think for Collins being not Collins for Cleveland being on that side of the line, um, it shouldn't be hard then if you, you know, if he's played left tackle for three years at Boise, like he should be able to pop back out there. Yeah. If 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 either the season's lost at some point, or if you know, like if they had a losing streak and everything, you might as well turn it over to him early. Mm-hmm. But if also if you see something in practice where he's running with the twos at left tackle, maybe that's where he goes now in camp when we're not going to be able to see not camp in practice when we're not going to be able to see it. Um, then that would make sense. But you know, I think at some point he plays this season. Because he's too, he was drafted too high to be sitting out this whole year. Yeah, and and tackle makes sense just to to sort of yeah, give him that test run. Going. Exactly. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like so many teams do this, where they like draft a guy and play him out of position, and you just sit there, you're like, why? Because football, like, football for <laughs> the end, since the day that I started to cover it, football coaches are guilty of being too cute. I think like they just like, get too oh, cute. This guilt feeling of like we can't have him sit on the bench, um, you yeah. know, second round draft pick. Like I, we got to play him somewhere because we got to justify the contract. Um, you can really only do that. You can at least it only it kind of feels like you can really only do that with the quarterback position. So oh. like have him sit behind somebody for a year if you're a first round pick, Josh Rosen style. So I mean, yeah, tough, tough, tough situation. Um, 
but it shouldn't really be tough. It's like it's like artificially manufactured. Well, he's a second round pick, so give him the priority. I get you know. Sure, sure. So, he'll, be, he'll be the only rookie that makes the offensive line. Like that's a no brainer. So uh, the official cut down day is. You brought up earlier on this show is a week from tomorrow, Saturday, yeah, Saturday, September fifth. Um, give me your early predictions for um, surprise either cuts or makes from what you have ascertained I, from I training camp. Just filled out my um, my fifty three, my final one because <laughs> well, that's important. I know um, we turn it in, we turn ours in at ESPN kind of early because there's thirty two of us and. Um, takes time to post those things. So we, the, I guess surprise, that's the thing. There's not going to be a whole ton of surprises this year, which is kind of great because I'm looking at my couch over there. Like usually on cut down day, I'm on that couch from about 645 in the morning till about 645 at night. It's a miserable existence. Um, calling agents, talking with sources, figuring out, did this guy make the team? Who is the surprise cut? You know, just going through the motions. Last year was cool because last year it was like, Laquan Treadwell, the first round pick from a couple years ago, and Kyle Sloter are both not making the team. And that was big news because Kyle thought he was going to be a starting quarterback. And so did his family and everybody else on Twitter. So that was fun to watch that one uh, play out. And then Laquan, it's like, oh, my God, the questions for the entire year. Why haven't they cut him yet? Why haven't they cut him yet? Because you're going to give a first round pick every freaking chance to make the roster when he's under contract. And it's not even his last year. So, yes, I don't think it's going to be that this year, though. There's not going. There's nobody, at least to me, that stands out as like I don't know, a veteran on the bubble. Like, if you would have asked me before training camp, and I think I wrote it, it could have been, you know, if you asked me in March, it would have been Reef because we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Obviously not. If you asked me in July before we saw camp practices, I would. I think I said Elfline, and I think I also brought up Shamar Stefan. Well, Michael Pierce opted out. That saved Shamar Stefan. Pat Elfline moved to right guard. That sh- that saved Pat Elfline. Mm-hmm. So there's no real thing like that. Um, but the one that I thought was kind of interesting is the wide receiver depth. Like Tajay Sharp looked good in camp, but like Alexander Hollins had a hot streak there, has had a hot streak recently. So for me, he's number five receiver. Um, my receivers are obvious, you know, the obvious three. Then Chad Beebe, because he's going to be the punt returner on this team. And then um, Alexander Hollins. So he edged in my projection – uh, he edged Tajay Sharp. KJ Ooh, that's Osborne. a good. That's a good one, Courtney. Yeah, so he that's edged Tajay Sharp out of there, um, which he'll he'll be fine. He'll get picked up by somebody. He's a veteran receiver. Sure. Um, and and they always do this. They bring these guys in, and we're like, all right, this guy's either the number two or number three, i.e., Kendall Wright from a few years ago. Um, and the guy doesn't even make the team. So that's one. I'm trying to think who else. Picturing this in my head, um, Neville Clark hasn't really done a whole ton. Um, he's the, but he's the top UDFA, uh, him and Courtney Davis, who's the other receiver who will be on the practice squad because they guaranteed him a hundred K. Um, but Neville Clark is, I, I have them with six cornerbacks right now. I think my initial projection had seven. Um, but you know, they really are in a decently good looking spot. I mean, you don't want to speak too soon with their cornerback depth at the moment. Right. Um, you know, behind you got your top four, which are, you know, Hughes, Gladney, Hill and Dantzler. And then it's Boyd and Clark in my projection. Um, outside of that, I mean, safety, safety is one where it's like, they keep bringing these dudes. They clearly are not happy. with. They've their got no depth there, right? No, they like don't. the starters are good, but beyond that, no depth. Yes. And like, that's why Brian Cole, the seventh round pick who did absolutely nothing during camp. Um, <laughs> he got cut a few days ago. Jo- uh, Josh Metellus from Michigan. Um, he's looked good. I don't, I don't 
like go into it too. I mean, just, I don't think great, but like, um, and then Nate Metters for me is like, okay, well he, he knows the defense, so he gets to stay around, but like they've been working out safeties a lot. And so I think that Sunday, if you're looking for what this team's going to do and make a move, they're going to claim somebody off waivers for sure. They're going to be looking to be really active, right. trying to get some deep safety depth in here because they're just not that happy with like the guys that they've had. Otherwise they wouldn't be working out guys like every week. They're treating safety and the backups there, I should say. They're mm-hmm. treating that like I thought they'd treat corner. Me too. Like, Me I too. thought they'd be like, oh, my God, we got to get a veteran corner. Let's work out Joe Schmo and then Billy Doe and blah, blah, blah. And they've done that, but it's been at safety, Courtney. Yeah, no, you're right. That's that's definitely the way that I looked at it. Like, cornerback was supposed to be a huge concern of, I don't know how we're going to do this without a veteran. Like, we want somebody veteran to play nickel. But you're taking Jeff Gladney and putting him there right away. Same thing with Mike Hughes. I mean, I think you're fine. Um We'll see how that actually pans out when they go against Aaron Rodgers, Philip Rivers, um, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, who else am I forgetting? Oh, Sean Watson. Well, week Russell one. Wilson. Yeah, week, That's all. week yeah, one. We're going to learn Rodgers. a lot about these young guys, a yeah. quarterback. No, I mean, but it's like you have those five quarterbacks in the first five weeks. Like yep. you, you're confident about your corners right now. Will you still be confident is the question that we're all going to have to answer after that. Football. Reckless speculation. Courtney Cronin, fantastic work. Thank the, you, Dad. The Hunter theories, absolutely solid. And I have a lot of time to think about things. But like it this. helps me because I've been trying. Because nobody, Zim does not allow you to skip 10 practices and be like, it's just a tweak. There has yeah. to be more there. And I, I, I think I think you are right. I think something is, and the contract, the worst contract on the Vikings, and this is going to sound weird, it's not Cook. It's Hunter's. No, of course. And I think that anybody who logically knows Daniil's value is like, whoa, anybody around the league, because he's still, he's not this flashy persona. Right. So it's not like you really know who he is unless you're, um, you know, unless you, you're truly, you know, entrenched in football, like the average person is not going to know the name Daniil Hunter, the way that they're going to know Von Miller or somebody, uh, you know, another superstar pass rusher. But like, there have been a lot of people around the league being like, man, how long is it going to take the Vikings to get this deal done because or redone because it looks really, really bad. It's like one of the worst deals out there right now. of Just somebody who's shortchanged, um, you know, been shortchanged by the contract that they took. Nobody forced him to take it, yeah. um, but he was 23 years old. I'd want my money too. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely one, but I also just to point out, I mean, there's no visible sign of anything with Daniil when you're looking at him at practice. No brace, no nothing. I so know. it's like that's why it's so I hard checked it out last week. Binoculars in play. Whole body scan. Whole Zolgad <laughs> body scan. Top to bottom. Didn't see a thing. Thanks, Courtney. Talk Thanks, to you next guys. week.